Welcome to a Calvary Montclair Sermon Podcast. It is our desire that you will learn of Jesus, grow in Jesus, and share Jesus with other people. Service times are on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. and on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. For addresses and directions, please visit our website, www.cmontclair.com. We pray that you are blessed by the teaching of God's Word by Pastor Joe McTarsney. Luke chapter 1, verses 34 through 38. And so we're going to learn five characteristics from the life of Mary. There must have been something really special about Mary, right? For her to be the mother of Jesus. And so we're going to examine her life closely, and we're going to pull five characteristics from her life. And these are characteristics that apply to women as well as men. These are godly characteristics. And I don't know about you, but I am one that I want to be a godly person. And in order to be a godly person, we know that there's characteristics that that need to take place. So we're going to be in Luke chapter 1, verses 34 and through 34 through 38. So let's pray as we have our study. Father, this is study from your word, Lord. And we just want to thank you that your word teaches us how to be godly. And we do thank you, Father, as um, you, 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 oh God, felt fit that it would be Mary to give birth to, to your son. So obviously there's some special uh, characteristics uh, regarding Mary's life. So Lord, we want to take a very close look at her life this morning. It's appropriate to do so. And those characteristics, oh God, we pray in Jesus' name that they will be our characteristics, Lord. That we would leave uh, this room, our sanctuary, with those characteristics that will be embedded in our life moving forward, that will be a blessing to other people. We pray this in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Five golly characteristics of Mary, and each characteristics we're going to put on the screen so you can follow along with us. Luke chapter 1, starting the reading at verse 34. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most, the Highest, will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. The first godly characteristic of Mary's life that I'd like to highlight, and you can underscore it in your Bible, found there in verse 38 where Mary said, let it be to me according to your word. So the very first characteristic that you want to note down is that Mary lived according to the Lord's will. Mary lived her life according to the Lord's will. You see, when Mary heard from an angel, an angel appeared to, to, to Mary, the angel Gabriel appeared to her and, and told her those words that, hey, Mary, you have found favor with God, and therefore you're going to be giving birth to, to the, son of, the Son of God, Jesus. And you know what? She immediately accepted God's will. We don't read here that she didn't say, uh-uh, 
I don't want to do that. I'm not even fully married to, to Joseph. I, I've been betrothed to him. I'm engaged to him. And, and what I, I, I can't let this happen. This can't be. She didn't do that whatsoever. And, and what she did is she said, in a sense, yes, sir. Your will be done, not my will. And so Mary lived according to God's will. You want to be a blessed person? Yes, I want to be a blessed person. Live according to his will. And by accepting God's will for her life, she was committed to the Lord, even in the midst of the unknown, because she knew God. You can believe in God and you can follow to the Lord in the midst of the unknown, knowing that you serve a known God. He has everything planned out for your life. Will you trust him? Will you say, you are my Abba Father and I trust you. I walk by faith and not by sight. Oh, oftentimes we want to walk by sight and not by faith. But with the Lord, it's the opposite. And Mary said, according to your will. And why did she say that? Also found in verse 38, another good characteristic to no doubt. She was a maid servant of the Lord. She was a servant of the Lord. The Lord took ownership of her life. Mary recognized that, that she didn't own her life, but God did. And so she was committed to the, to the Lord and even in the midst of the unknown. And it has been said that a godly person that has a godly characteristic is one that responds to the unexpected and to the unknown. A lot of times we don't know how we really are until the unexpected happens, until the unknown happens. And that happens. And, and when you are confronted with a situation that you don't understand, the, the unknown, let me encourage you to fall back on what you do understand. What do you understand? I understand that God is with me. He'll never leave me nor forsake me. I understand that he's a shepherd. I understand that he's a lover of my soul. I understand that I'm, I'm the apple of his eye. I understand that how bad it gets here, I have heaven I'm looking forward to, and that's what I know. And so Mary is one that, that she didn't know how all this was going to pan out, but she said, Yes, sir, I'm going to follow your, your will because she was a servant of the Lord. And it wasn't easy for, for Mary to accept God's will for her life. But, but she did. She did because she was one that put God first. We're called to seek ye first the kingdom of God and him and his righteousness. And all these things just fall into place like a puzzle. And we know that the Lord was a joy of Mary's heart and, and the Lord was a light of her life. There's so many amazing characteristics about, about Mary's life. And, and another one that just um, pops out to me is that um, she knew. She knew that she would suffer great embarrassment by being pregnant with a child and, again, not being married uh, to Joseph as of yet. She knew she was going to get those looks as... Um, when she went and, and had the fruits and, and picking those fruits and bringing them back. And, and, and so, because and, in those towns, they, they knew about each other's life and she knew she was gonna get those eyes. You know those eyes, what I'm talking about. Those kind of eyes and those kind of whispers. She knew she was gonna get talked about, but she didn't care what people talked to her about and said about her. What she cared about is what God said about her. 
she was more concerned about the Lord's will and words for her life than other people. May that be a word to you. May you be more concerned about the Lord's words and ways for your life than other people. Otherwise, you're going to be living for man. And man, guess what? You can never satisfy man. Never satisfy man. And quite honestly, they probably don't think about you that much as you think they do. When you live for the audience of one, when you serve the Lord, when you know that you are favored by God as well, and even as when Jesus was baptized in water, what did God the Father say? This is my, my son who I am well pleased with. The Lord is well pleased with you as well because you are his. And so when you know that you are pleasing to the Lord and the Lord love you, it's so freeing and so securing. And you could be comfortable in your own skin because the Lord is the one that created you how you are, your characteristics, and, and he loves you so much not, not to keep you in that way too. He's forming you from, and molding you from, from glory to glory and from godliness to godliness. And then there's going to be a point where you just step into glory and be with him for all eternity and you're going to worship him because he's been faithful and he is faithful. And so Mary kept her eyes on God. And, and God will always intervene in hard situations. He will always intervene in hard situations. And what hard situation that, that she was going to be facing? Well, one will be when she sees uh, Joseph. So when she sees Joseph, and, and you know, there's that the little tummy thing going on, and Joseph's going to see her, and he's going to be like, okay, I know that that didn't happen because of me. <laughs> so what's up, Mary? And God intervened. How did God intervene? Well, according to Matthew chapter 1, verse 24, an angel of the Lord went to Joseph, saying, Mary will be given birth to a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. You see, when you are living according to the will of God and to the ways of God, the Lord prepares the way for you. He did that with Jesus too, with John the Baptist. What happened with John the Baptist? The Lord prepared the way, uh, way using John the Baptist's life for Jesus. God just does that. And he's really good at doing that, so trust him. And as God was using Mary to, to give birth to Jesus, know that God can use anyone who is willing to be used. Even Mary and Joseph, they weren't perfect people. And oftentimes we think, I need to be a perfect person, and once I'm a perfect person, then God will be pleased with me. That's not true at all. God has a way just to capture your life and then he starts to clean up your life little by little. And, and he does that. So you don't need to be a perfect person, but know that you serve a perfect God that will mold you and shape you and, and love upon you and just allow him to do that. God's servants are, has always been ordinary people who make themselves available to God. And the Lord will do extraordinary things through those people saying, God, here I am. What do you want to do in my life and through my life? And one of the most exciting things that you can do here upon the face of the earth is to be used by the Lord. Be used by the Lord to share the gospel with your life and how you conduct yourselves. And, and I thank the Lord for all the moms and that have um, lived a life of selflessness and just gave themselves for, for other people. And that speaks volumes. And continue, continue to, to let God work in your life and then work through your life for his honor and for his glory. 
be fruit for other people, the fruit of the Spirit. And as I said before, fruit is always for other people. Now, the second godly characteristic that I'd like to highlight regarding Mary's life, and that's found in verse 46. Same chapter, chapter 1. Notice with me in verse 46. In verse 46 says, And Mary said, My soul magnifies the Lord. What does that mean? Well, number two, Mary was a worshiper of the Lord. Mary was a worshiper of the Lord. Well, in context, what's taking place here, according to verse 41, Elizabeth uh, approaches uh, Mary and told, told her that she was a blessed woman. And as Elizabeth told Mary that she's a blessed woman, Mary responds with worship to the Lord. When someone compliments you, give glory to God. Worship the Lord. And saying, by the grace of God, by the goodness of God, I'm... I'm um, a godly woman. By the grace of God, by the goodness of God, I'm, I'm a godly man. Because it's the Lord that, that makes us into um, a kind person, a loving person. Because some of us, we remember back in the day, right? How it used to be. We used to be angry and, and maybe bitter and, um, and unloving and, and not kind. And But the Lord stormed the floodgates of our heart and he won us over with his unconditional love. And, and so... And he has placed his heart into our heart. And then with his heart in, in us, and we're filled with the Spirit, then we love other people. And so Mary was one that she just worshiped the Lord. And you want to be a godly person? Worship the Lord. And this is the earmark that, that, Mary, that made Mary different from the other women. Because she had a worshipful attitude for the Lord. Mary is one that knew about the attributes of God. The attributes of God. It was in her heart. She didn't like get a book and just like read them in, but she knew them in her heart. And how do we know that? Well, notice verses 47 through 55. So when Mary uh, was told that she's a blessed woman, notice what she said in verses 47 through 55. This is actually a worship song to the Lord. Let's read that real quick. And my soul has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name, and his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud and the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham, and to his seed forever. Mary knew God. Mary knew God. What does it mean to know God? It means to know the attributes of God. And from those verses, I wanted to highlight right quick eight attributes of God. And these eight attributes will be on the screen so you can note them down. Do you want to know God? Yes, I want to be a person who knows God. Know the attributes of God. That means the characteristics of God. So the first one in verse um, uh, verse 47, the first one in verse 47, Mary said, God is my savior. As God was her savior, a question that needs to be asked is God, is God our savior? 
It's important that to have God as your Savior, to be filled with the Lord so we could give the Lord to other people. If we don't give the Lord to other people, you know what we're giving them? We're giving them flesh. 1 Corinthians eleven twenty three 23 says, I first received from the Lord that is which I deliver to you. So we come to the Lord, we worship the Lord, we pray to the Lord, we spend time with the Lord. He fills us with his spirit. He guides us with his word. And then that's what I channel out to other people. And you want to be a blessing to the generations and to the next generations? That's the key. Sitting before the Lord and then giving him the nuggets that he has shown you and taught you through his word and just being still in his presence. And that's what Mary did. Mary knew God as her savior. Number two, we see in verse 48, we see in verse 48 where it says, uh, for he has regarded the lowly, the state of his maidservant. So she recognized God as being humble and how God regards humility. God regards humility. In the book of James, chapter 4, verse 6, it says, The Lord resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. The Lord is attracted to the humble, to the broken. So may you humble yourself in the presence of the Lord God Almighty. And the third attribute of God we see in verse 49, it says that God is mighty. Notice in verse 49, God is mighty. Also in verse 49, the fourth one, it says that he does great things. How big is your God? Can your God do great things? All you have to do is look to the mountains and see how God, how created the heavens and earth and, and that God knows us and is mindful of us. And then number five, we see in verse 49, also it says that God is holy. And my favorite attribute of God is this is a sixth one in verse 50, that he is merciful from generation to generation. So from your children to your grandchildren, God will be merciful. And may you share that with them, that God's mercy is renewed for them each and every single day, and that they would receive God's mercy and then give God's mercy to other people. And then number seven in verse 51, how God is our strength. God is a God of strength. And so you need the strength of God. I encourage you to go to the Lord and he will strengthen your life. And then number eight, we see in verses 52 through 55, we see how God intervenes for his people. God intervenes for his people. God has your back. God is there watching out for his children because he loves you. So Mary, Mary had the attributes of God in her heart. And as a result of that, she was a sweet-smelling aroma of the Lord. She was a sweet-smelling aroma of the Lord as she had the knowledge of God in her mind and in her heart. By the way, as we know, this is Mother's Day. There's a lot of perfume that will be given out to moms, no doubt. The best fragrance that you could ever wear, mom, is the aroma of Christ. The aroma of Christ. The third godly characteristic of Mary, it's found in, in, in one book over to your right, the book of John, chapter 2, verse 5. John, chapter 2, verse 5. So we're in Luke. If go over one book to your right, to the book of John, chapter 2, verse 5. This is the third godly characteristic of Mary. And this is a story, and we all know the story. This is a story where Jesus turns 
water into wine. Some of us, you really like that story. (laughs) And so this is a third godly characteristic of of Mary. Notice um, at chapter 2, verse 5. So what happened is that they ran to Mary. They're like, oh, Mary, we're out of the wine. What do we do? And so notice Mary's response in verse 5. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. You want to underscore a powerful scripture in the Bible? Underscore that right there. In fact, underscore it in your neighbor's Bible too. (laughs) Whatever he says to you, do it. Mary knew where to guide people when they needed help. Mary knew where to guide people when they needed help. One of the wise actions of of mothers and, and fathers, what they can do for their children is to give them the words of Jesus and constantly point them to the Lord and tell them the Lord will guide you. Whatever he says in his word, do it. Find a scripture, if you can, for the decisions that you make. One of the highest compliments that someone can receive is that, that the decisions that they make, it's always founded by a scripture. Some of you had that, that opportunity and, and, and the honor to, to, go to go to college. You know, you know firsthand when you submitted a paper you had to reference things that you wrote in that paper at the bottom. Or you had that reference page. And you had to document all the quotes. It has to be uh, referenced. I know when I went through Bible college, we had to do that. Same thing is true with the Christian life. When you make decisions and, and you say something, may it, be, may it reference a scripture. May it reference God's word. May it be a proverb that guides your life, a psalm that leads your life. And if you guide people by a scripture, the word of God, that's the word of God. That's the final authority. God's word is the final authority. And you're, you will steer them in a right direction. You'll give them the words of God. Better yet, you'll say, hey, let's open the Bible together and let's see what God has to say about this. And it's so important that, that, that you, would, you, you would do that for your children and your grandchildren and, and for, for other people. So Mary is one that pointed people to Jesus. The fourth godly characteristic of Mary. If you would skip over now to John 19. John 19, verse 25. In the scriptures, I, as I examine them closely, uh, we just have a handful of interactions between the mother of Jesus and Jesus. And so this is one of the last ones of, uh, of, of Mary being with Jesus. And it's very, very, very special as well. Mary was at the cross. Mary was at the cross. Notice with me in John chapter 19, verse 25. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus. What are those two words? His mother. His mother. She never abandoned her child. Even through adulthood, 
She was there, especially during a very difficult time in the life of Jesus, the one that she raised, the one that she watched play, run around, do miracles, raising a perfect child. Could you imagine that? Jesus, make your bed. Sure. Can I make your bed too, Mom? <laughs> Jesus, pick up those toys. Sure. What else can I pick up? <laughs> Parents, let's be like Mary and stand with our children throughout their life. Especially when they are going through a difficult time and offer them love and support. Yeah, they have made unwise decisions, no doubt. Don't you think that they know that already? We serve the God of second chances, don't we? And third chances and fourth chances. Maybe it's, it's a way to point them to the Lord and saying, the Lord loves you. It's an unconditional love. Maybe you have a, a son or a daughter out there in the streets somewhere. Know that the Lord, he never sleeps nor slumbers. He watches them. He created them. And he really actually loves them more than you do. And he has a way to draw people to himself. But point them, point them to, to the Lord. The Lord has a characteristic about him where he has an unconditional love for us. And may we love unconditionally. May you continue to be a rock for them as the Lord is your rock. Now, I must say, at this point, it's a fact that some moms have not been there for their child. They have not been there for the child. And for many children today to even think about to celebrate Mother's Day, honestly, is real difficult for them. And there may be some in, in our sanctuary this morning that's difficult. May I encourage you, may I encourage you to take your cares to the Lord. Be yoked with him as he carries your burdens. Be yoke connected with him. His burden is light. His yoke is easy. So the weight that you are feeling now, the heaviness in your heart, it's so wonderful and so beautiful that that can actually be transferred over to the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not yours to carry. Give it over to the Lord. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. It doesn't say some. It says all of them. Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. Jesus said, Come to me, all you who are weary and are carrying heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. What a beautiful and awesome exchange that is. You want this burden that I'm carrying? 
Yes, my son, let me take this from you. Yes, my daughter, let me take it from you. So you could be free. Because who the son has set free is free indeed. Don't live with burdens. They're not yours to carry. It's like going to the gym and, and working out and you have the, the 45, the, the plates on opposite side and, and then you walk out the gym with that 45 plate on your back. <laughs> a lot of people live life that way. And it's not a 45 weight plate. For some of you, it's like a thousand pound weight. Release it today. You've been carrying it for so long. Release it to someone that can intervene on your behalf. But you don't know what they did. You weren't there at this time in my life and at this stage. No. No one was. But God was. And he sees. And God will revenge. And he will encourage you and help you. So may you go to the Lord to have your needs met and to have your life nurtured by him. But I'm one that I was never nurtured by, by a mother. Oh, the Lord wants to nurture you and care for you and love upon you. Deuteronomy chapter 32, verse 11. Like the eagles that steers up the nest and hovers over its young, God spreads wings to catch you and to carry you. Psalm 57, verse 1, I will take refuge in the shadow of your wings until the disaster has passed. Psalm 17, 8, keep me as an apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. So our wonderful Lord has a way to meet and fulfill the parental void that we may have inside of us this day. He does. There is a void, there is a hole. The Lord actually comes in and he fills it and he cements it with his presence. And then we become complete in Christ. You're complete, you're, you're whole, you're healthy, you're complete in Christ, according to Colossians 2.10. Colossians 2.10 says that we are complete in Christ. We lack nothing. Now the final godly characteristic to highlight about Mary's life, the fifth one. And I'm going to have you turn one more book over to your right, the book of Acts. For some of you, it's a couple pages, actually. Acts chapter 1, verse 14. So a couple pages over to your right. Acts chapter 1, verse 14. And of all the godly characteristics of Mary, this is one that I especially really love about her life. Let's read it. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. Mary was a person of prayer. Did you know that? Mary was a person of prayer. This is the last mention of Mary in the Bible, and what a wonderful way to be remembered by, by being a person of prayer. If you are not a person of prayer that spends time talking with the Lord, I encourage you to do so. I encourage you to do so. Just talk with God. Talk with the Lord. Like you're talking to a friend. I could talk to the Lord like he's a friend. Oh, he sticks closer than a friend. 
than a brother. Talk with him. So I know some of you ladies like to talk. <laughs> talk with the Lord. Get it out and talk with him. And may you continue, moms and dads, to cover your children in prayer. May they catch you praying. Now, just don't do it where you hear those little footsteps coming down the hallway. Like, okay, they're coming. Okay, let's pray. <laughs> may you pray for them. May, may you pray for them. Every morning I take my kids to school, I pray three prayers for them. Every single morning. Lord, I pray that you fill each of us by the power of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that you place your armor on us. And Lord, may we live for your will today. Boom. That's it. And then drop them off from school. And then then we, we, we cover them in prayer. And then um, it's important to, to, cover, to cover them in prayer. Mary was a woman of prayer. Motherhood is definitely an opportunity to leave an eternal impact on the lives of the children, on the lives of their children. I'm going to conclude this morning by reading a story about a mother that left an imprint on her son's life. So it was four pastors. They were discussing the various translations of the scriptures. One liked the King James Version best because of its proper English words. Another one liked the New International Version because of its modern language. A third minister liked the message version better because it sounded more relevant. And for a while in the debate, the fourth pastor was quiet. When asked to express his opinion, he replied, I like my mother's translation the best. You like your mother's translation the best? The other ministers asked, your mother translated the Bible? He replied, oh yes, she certainly did. My mother translated the Bible into her everyday life. And it was the most convincing translation I ever saw and it impacted my life for eternity.